truth. I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It is September 6th. It's a Wednesday, 2023. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, uh, let me go with this. I'm going to start out with Kamala Harris is preparing herself uh, to move into the White House because now that Jill and Oprah and Winf- uh, Oprah Winfrey and Whoopi Goldberg are all having the coronavirus, obviously Joe... He's going to have to have it, too. And then he's so old and feeble, he's going to have to die. Uh, That doesn't mean that those are my wishes, but my problem is is I can read the writing on the wall, and I know what is going on here. And the sad part is is that they're lining her up for a victory, uh, which, again, I just am ashamed that that is actually going on in the world around us. And we have to stop this lunacy of allowing these people to continue to do these things without being checked. We've had ourselves a real problem here, a credibility issue for so long that I don't even know, guys, can we get this turned around? Can we get this government turned around without some type of either hostility or uh, undoing what we think we really should keep on to ourselves? Now, what I mean by that is that I see government as overbearing. I see that the government that we have put in and installed in ourselves has become so cumbersome that we just can't even move. There's nothing there. When everything is illegal, every, there's nothing left but dis- disobedience, guys. And at this point... What are we doing this for? All the laws and rules and regulations. I was talking to some J6ers today, and I was talking to some different people involved with that whole thing, and they are making sure that these trials are only four days long. That's from picking the jury to sentencing. And I don't think you understand how the judicial process works if you think that that's okay in the Washington, D.C. area, that these people are allowed to do this. But what they do is they saddle these these uh, cases over the weekend, so the, the defendants and their families have to stay the weekend over in Washington, D.C. I guess it's a great uh, publicity stunt for them to also bring tourist money back into uh, Washington, D.C., but the problem with it is is we're victimizing people's financial stability as well as their freedoms and liberties, and that is not acceptable in our world. Uh, this is a situation where I'm, I see this going on. They're telling me – I have people telling me on the ground that there is a four-day trial for everything. In fact, the government had to be forced to drop one of the charges on one of the defendants that uh, never went into the building and was never around an individual, but yet they were trying to claim that he was responsible for the death of Sitnik. And yet we know Sitnik actually died of natural causes days later and had nothing to do with the event itself, but they're trying to tie his uh, illness and death back to the January Sixers. Guys, this is our country. This is what you pay for. These people believe that what they're doing is absolutely correct in your eyes. So uh, anyway, I do have a, a great guest with me today here. I'm going to go ahead and bring her on, and I'm going to fix the camera for me so you guys can all see me. Um, anyway, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and how we can find you, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I'm Lisa Smith, and I am uh, our our organization is ZionGlory.org, um, and then uh, at Facebook, it's at ZionGlory7621. And then at YouTube, oh, actually, that was YouTube, Zion Glory 7621. Facebook is just Zion Glory Org. No, no dots in there. So okay. that's who, that's, that's where to find us. Well, okay. So uh, now that we know how to find you, what are we going to find when we get there? What's, what are you guys pulling off? What are you guys doing for everybody? 
Okay. Well, so this past year, we've done a lot with the Native American um, people. And um, we did one of our projects, which Chadwick, that you know, worked on. We did No More Trail of Tears, the music video. And then um, we've also had honoring events um, in four different states for Native American women. So that's kind of how it all started. But um, at one of the events a year ago um, for Rosh Hashanah, I was at the event and a guy there, his name's Mark Tross. Mm -hmm. He told me about this mountain that's in New Mexico that has Paleo Hebrew, the Ten Commandments written or inscribed on this huge rock that's 80 tons. And um, whenever he told me, I, so I believe the native Americans are from the house of Israel and I have, I've had this testimony for years. And um, whenever he told me this, I was so excited. Um, I, I was just like, this proves my testimony is true. Like this is paleo Hebrew, which um, was used 700 to a thousand years before Christ so what is it doing on the rocks in New Mexico here mm -hmm. if God's people weren't here? So anyway, when he told me about that, I was like, we have to get this message out. So we're well, doing a documentary. That on ties that. back to the whole idea that they're hiding the Egyptian uh, artifacts that are in the Grand Canyon as well. Um, yeah. There are all kinds of hidden uh, gems that we've actually seen. In fact, uh, there's a photographic evidence that when people arrived in Seattle, Washington, they're already... Uh, tall buildings and structures there that had no civilization in it. So there's a lot of things that we've been lied to about our our past and understanding where we really come from that's sad that, that we have to go and say, well, you know, this is, was my theory, this is how I felt. And then we find out that it was actually all true because these actually, you know, our third, our, our sixth sense, our intuitions telling us there's something else out there, but yet our government keeps telling us, oh, no, no, oh, uh, it was, uh, you know, you know, the Mormons, they're crazy. They talked about having Zion in Missouri and other places like that. And sad part of it is, how do we, how can I actually say that that's not accurate when yet I'm finding out daily the lies about the history I've had? Go back to Chicago World's Fair, St. Louis World's Fair, Paris World Fair, all these different places where they tore down these huge structures and in, including incubator uh, factories where they were incubating babies. So, um, this was all this is all written down facts. We know these to be real. We've seen the photographic evidence of these things. So when you talk about these things, uh, I almost would have to say you, you almost got to talk more boldly because we know that they've been lying to us for so long. Yes, yes. And um, we've come up against opposition also mm -hmm. from the scholars. Um, and it's uh, they so basically in the 1930s, there was a narrative that went out about this mountain mm -hmm. and the the native americans they they say they actually in their history say this rock was here before the 1800s which in the 1900s they tried to say that it was the uh the jewish people that immigrated here in the 1800s that did this rock right but in the 1800s they were not speaking paleo hebrew <laughs> right so it's yeah. just it doesn't make sense and um but basically a narrative went out in the 1930s and all of the scholars have gone along with that narrative and it's, it's, it doesn't add up. It's not. So, so we're coming out and saying, well, this is actually, you know, what the truth is. Absolutely. So yeah. Uh, real quick, John had a question here and I'm going to answer his question. See what this is. Um, Arlington, Virginia. Why did I have somebody call me from Virginia? Uh, Jim, if any of us are called into jury duty and during the selection process, we tell the lawyer who questions us that we think the system is beyond broken 
and not worthwhile any longer. Will they tell us to leave or will they arrest us? Uh, they will tell you to leave. What you do is you keep your answers very ambiguous so that you're able to get on the jury. And then once you go into the jury uh, itself, you go in and and uh, you do a jury nullification saying that I do not think that the laws that this person has been tried with are valid. And it, it causes the legislator to have to go back and review those laws. And so that is actually a way of getting a judicial or a legal review of laws on the books. So, John, that's what you'd have to do there. That's a question from earlier. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there, Lisa. <laughs> Um, but yeah, these are all good questions. So, uh, yeah, just uh, if you go do everything you can to get on juries, guys, if you are a conservative, if you are someone who believes in freedoms and liberties, get yourself on as many juries as possible and do a jury nullification, uh, jury nullification allows you to go in and say that I do not believe the charges brought against this individual are legal. And then that will cause you to have to go back them to go back to the legislator and say, review this law. And then that person is set free and they are acquitted of all charges. So that's the way you do that. Anyway, so go ahead, Lisa. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to go off on the diet. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. Well, so the other thing about this mountain, and like when you see the whole thing laid out, and I don't know if Chadwick sent you a picture, but there's basically three rocks on this mountain. Mm -hmm. And the other interesting thing is when you talk to people, even in New Mexico, nobody's heard about this mountain. Really? It, it's basically you have to go by a dump. It's a dumping ground. Mm -hmm. Go through this fence, go up, and it's just... It's just strange how they kept it hidden. But on the mountain, there's three different rocks. There's the Ten Commandments rock at the bottom of the mountain, which is on an 80-ton boulder. Mm -hmm. And also, you can see where somebody cut off the top. The top of it, the arc is cut because, and the the Native Americans that we interviewed in their oral history, they heard of an anthropologist that came out there and tried to cut the whole rock out, but it was so heavy. They just cut the top. So, wow. and they, they were told it was taken to a museum in um, Illinois. So that may be in a museum. I don't know, but right. anyway, so that's the rock at the bottom. Then um, they're halfway up the mountain. There is a Zodiac rock mm -hmm. where they trace this map. It, there, it's a map and it, um, they traced it back to 107 BC and 107 BC, there was a solar eclipse that happened the night before Feast of Tabernacles. So this map dates it back then. And it also dates it back to 759 BC, which there was another eclipse. So um, you have that halfway up. Then you go all the way up. And on the very top of the mountain is inscribed Yahweh is our God. And that is in Paleo Hebrew also. Wow. So it's just like you have all this evidence Right. When you play it out, there's no question to me that it's authentic, you know, and so we're just trying to bring out the truth. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. And so think about that. So think about like, okay, so you didn't get in an, uh, like a spaceship. You didn't go in, you know, down the Nile or go up the Amazon for three days and trek back into the forest. A lot of this you basically can do almost on vehicle. Then you do a little bit of walking. And it's completely observable. So it's not like you have to unbury it from, you know, vegetation and other things like that. So the sad part of it is, is that we are so lazy as human beings, lazy as Americans, that we don't even want to go out there and find out our own past and understand where we've come from. And this is a sad part of our society is that we've all, you know, we all want to do our, you know, PlayStations and our Xboxes and we don't want to go out there and, you know, VR headsets because we want to do it in virtual reality. How about you just go out in reality and actually see reality and then 
see what you think about reality after you've actually seen it and not what they've told you. And then you have to start questioning every single thing. Um, what was I talking to? I was, we were going, oh, uh, me and Josh were talking on the radio show earlier today. And uh, I have a midday show in uh, Rochester. And we were doing, we were talking about how the, the words have meanings, right? Words have power. Words have uh, a, a, um, a, a systematic way of putting themselves together. They have values, a word values, and all these other things. And we were talking about how your resonance and your voice can create these, these amplifications of different things in your life and the world around you. Uh, they don't want you to know your power. They don't want you to know where you come from. They don't want you to know that, you know, oh, we got to remember the Israelites are from Israel. Well, the problem with the Israelites being from Israel is that's a little bit of stretch in the terms of what an Israelite really is. And how is it that the Germans went after the Polish, not the, the, um, the Jews, in uh, World War II, but we always think that they went after the Jews and all this other stuff. And in fact, it really had anything to do with that. It just had to do with they weren't part of the the, the um, selected few. And right. uh, so so many people like, oh, it was the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. Well, that's like saying all blacks are slaves or all slaves were black. That's not even close to the truth. Chinese, uh, Mexicans, uh, white Irish and Scottish and parts of England were sent to America for 10 cents on the dollar. Uh, we're not talking about facts and facts here. We're, we're having a real problem with identities here. So words have meanings. So when we say slavery, automatically you are told it's black people. No, the Chinese were put into slavery just as, as, as much, if not more, than blacks. The whites were put into slavery even more than blacks. But we don't want to talk about that because why? Well, it doesn't fit with our little sexy little history where we all get to be offended over nothing. And it just shows how bad it is that we are in history, just including – the idea that we know that even the Native Americans have Asian descent in their blood, and yet we don't want to have that conversation because why? Well, they were part of the people that were coming across the what we call the land bridge at the time. And the land bridge itself wasn't always ice. It was actually earth. So there's a lot of things that we don't talk about, and I know that I'm kind of doing a crash course on everybody here uh, to kind of catch you up on how much of our past and things have been just completely muddled. So. Well, so there, there's a lady that has a YouTube channel. Her name is um, Navajo Grandma. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the channel is, but she talks about how they came across in turtle boats. Mm -hmm. That and um, and Using so shells to, uh, as as a way of of uh, creating boats that are waterproof. Yeah, that's a real yeah. And, and there's also currents um, from Hawaii to our country. Currents that blow toward our country. Yeah. So that, you know, there's just things like that, that well, the, I, I, they the came over on the Polynesian hook, that little, that little circle hook, the Polynesian hook that's made out of uh, bone or stone. Those are found in Peru. Well, I thought Polynesian stuff was only from the South, South Pacific. How did the South Pacific technology of hooks get all the way to Peru and Brazil? Well, it's because they, yeah. they were able to get over here, but we don't want to have that conversation because then that screws up our history that Columbus, one of the 13 bloodlines, found America, which that's completely false. And he did come here. I'm not going to debate that. That's not even the issue. He wasn't the first here to discover it. We have the Nordics. We have the, um, we have the barbarians. We have the uh, uh, Vikings. We have the um, Swedish um, we have, I mean, all these different countries over in the northern European areas have already come to America, but then we've got South Pacific people going into South America, but we all act like we're the first ones here kicking dirt. And I'm like, guys, it's been too much history here. 
um, to say that, you know, oh, and to say that, you know, and I'm not trying to take away from what the Native Americans have gone through, but at the same time, they weren't the first ones here either. So it's, I mean, even they even admit to that there's other people that were here. There's other generations, and and uh, we don't want to have that conversation because then that doesn't fit, it doesn't fit the fact that we're all colonialist, right? So we're supposed to be colonials. We came over, we destroyed America, and I don't know. It's <laughs> everything's everything's worth fighting for, right? We got to fight about everything because you know that's what we're good at. Instead of just trying to find a middle ground and just working it out. I mean, we're all here together. You know, just because yeah. you don't like me doesn't mean I have to leave the planet, you know, and it doesn't fix your problems either. So anyway, but I didn't mean to go off on that. So go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. Well, the other thing is, you know, the scriptures say that he, he that the his people would be gathered from the four corners of the earth. So the tribes were scattered all over the earth. So yeah. the... So it, you know, when they say that, you know, well, it's Israel about going to the four corners of the earth, right? So when you think of the four corners, well, that's everywhere. The so that's corners, to the north, the, to the east, well, to the west, to the south, right? Well, the other thing that's interesting about the four corners, and I just learned this this year, you know, how words like how God has words that they coincide, but the four corners is considered where the Navajo Nation is, um, the largest of the Native Americans in the country is right there in those four straight states that connect mm -hmm. the four corners. Right. So I think that's interesting too. Well, just aside. The that. energy in those areas too is really significant. I don't think people always pay attention to that as well because we don't want to talk about energy because that's witchcraft, right? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> just just saying, you know, that's the, that's the problem is like if I say there's energy here, I'm a Wiccan, you know, or whatever it is. And so the problem is, is that if we know that our voices have energy and we are energy, how can we refute that there's energy around us? I don't well, know. So that, well, that's the other thing that I would love to know about this mountain. Mm -hmm. You know how they have the instruments that you, they can go up to different places and it's like off the charts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I would love for somebody to go at the top of this mountain oh, and like see Oh, like Skinwalker what. Ranch, those guys that did that stuff over there? Well, just I feel like there's something on this mountain. Yeah. that There's a lot that has not been found right. on this mountain. Well, imagine so. that. Imagine that we are being limited. Okay, we have. I was on last Thursday. I did. Um, I went over the um, patent on the molecule frequency modulation patent that Ball uh, Ball Aerospace and Engineering had in 1985. And if they knew in 1985 that we could take molecules inside the metal of this microphone, and I can shoot energy at it and then cause the molecules to actually spontaneously burst into flames and melt themselves into a pile. How much more do they know about what's really going on around us and how many stargates and how many, and how many centers of energy and other things that we have around us that they've been hiding from us for all these times. I mean, if they did that in 1985 and they have a patent on that process to excite molecules and cause this microphone, they can match the, the frequency of the molecules in this microphone and make this microphone spontaneously combust with no kindling fire underneath it, and it will burn itself out because of the frequency modulation of the molecules, what else do we not have in our hands? What else do we not know? How amazing are we as human beings? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> so. yeah. It's kinda, it kind of gets out there for a while. You start going, okay, Jimmy, I'm getting tired. You got to let me up for a second. <laughs> Uh, Vince, good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, and this is, uh, oh, Vince says they're probably multidimensional. 
So that's actually some way to think about too. What that energy level is up there could be what? A portal or some type of, and I say portal, guys, I'm using generic terms. I'm using very loose terms. I'm not saying like a portal like we all think in the movies and stuff like that. But there are ways I think that we've missed the point of what time dilation is. And I've tried to explain this to my folks here on the show, and I'm going to, and at least I don't mean to distract you. From oh, her. no. But it, what's interesting is the one of the ladies had a vision about this rock where she saw a man come. She said a portal. Yeah. So that inscribed the rock. So when we think about how a portal works, well, does a portal doesn't always mean that you go somewhere, but that you can bring time to you, meaning a certain time. Like I can, if I go on here and I can pull up a, a video of Lisa when she's 12 years old and playing in the, you know, in the sprinkler with her dad, okay, that's time. I, I, I brought that time to me, right? I was able to bring that to me. But what if we could do that with energy and we're able to, what I consider to be, or say is time dilation, um, and I think we were missing something. I don't think time travel is really the key is I think it's the time dilation where we bring things to us as opposed to us going to it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think this could probably be one of those points where we can do high level frequency uh, meditation and really open ourselves up to see other things and not be so closed minded off. I mean, that's, that's what they told us in church, right? That there is no time dilation. There is no witchcraft. There is no, right? <laughs> they told us not to think like that because that'll get, make you go to hell or whatever it is. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So, that's well, so I, I want to share something that happened a year before we went. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, so, and I just found this out while we were doing it. I, I kind of stumbled onto a, um, a interview that somebody had done of a family that went out there. They went out there. I think it was July, not this past July, but a year. And they went out to the rock um, they had their grandchild there. I, I'm probably going to get some of this wrong, but anyway, the family went up to the rock, the, the mom, the grandmother's knees were bad. So they had to just sit there at the 10 commandments rock, mm -hmm. but the grandfather went on up with his metal detector and he took his grandson further up the mountain. Well, it was around, I think 1145 or some time a light came to the rock and it was so bright that they couldn't look at it, but they were able to take a picture right. of it. And he sent me the picture. Well, they, I asked him to send me the picture. I uh, contacted him. But when the light came to the rock, the tree that was by the rock completely moved away from the rock. There was so much energy that it just. And so anyway, and then like when people... you see this picture, we took the picture up there and right. looked at the rock with this picture and it looks totally different. Really? It was yes. Have you seen so, the, have you seen the people who actually talk to a tree and they say, Well, like you know, if you if you can hear me, touch me, and then the branch will, will actually reach down and touch them. Have you seen that happen? No, uh uh. Oh yeah. That's a so <laughs> uh care I'm I'm gonna go down a bunch of paths today with you. I can <laughs> um a lot of times people don't realize that the energy in the, the fields around us that a lot of your like I was, I went out, I had, uh, I had my bees, I got three beehives this year and I, you know, I had up to 25 at one time, but I was out there and I was working with them today and, you know, they kind of got mad, you know, they get, they get their, 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 their harmony changes and it sounds very aggressive. And I say, Hey, shh, shh, shh. we're just hanging out, man. We're cool. We're not, I'm not doing anything. We're good. And I don't think people realize that you can actually resonate with a lot of things around you and including where people are saying that they can look at a tree and then look at the tree and talk to the tree and say, listen, if you can hear me, I would, you, would you, would you touch my shoulder? And the tree will actually will lean down and touch them. 
Well, so that's interesting. So that we were fasting and praying before we started filming Uh and the Sunday night, I woke up with the words, this, uh, uh, the ask the land to speak. Wow. I woke up with those words, ask the land to speak. And then the next day or two days later is when the lady had the vision of the man. She, we were like praying and she just went into the vision. She's native American. Um, but she saw the man that inscribed the rock. And then she'd never been out there. But then when we got out there that day, she said, this, this tree was in my vision. She'd never seen, but she did see the man. She said, he looked like he's from Israel. He had the Israel, you know, like a robe. So anyway, that is in the documentary, her vision. And, uh, she, and she was like, she goes, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a portal. Like he was brought here through a portal, you know, she, she didn't know what wording to use, but it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and think about that. There's so many things that we don't know. It's not because we don't, we don't have the capacity to know it. It's just that we've never been taught it. We've never been shown to how to be aware of certain situations and why things really mean what they mean. And, and going back to the conversation that me and Josh had the day, you know, there's, they've been manipulating the English language and the world around us and, and causing us to speak in opposite ways that we should be. And I know that this is a problem. I mean, I, I see it all the time, and especially what I'm doing here. But imagine if you were actually trained in the right way to see it and, and understand it and absorb it and, and be very open to it. What would that experience have been like? And maybe those things were there. You just weren't aware because you were told not to be aware. You I mean, as a child, how many times your kids see things that we can't see or understand? And then we're over here telling them, oh, shut up. You don't see ghosts. You don't see this. You don't see that. But Maybe in reality, maybe it's not a ghost like they, we think it is, but it's um, it's an it, it, there is an entity there that they are seeing, and we should be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do believe kids can see angels and things like that because they're not jaded. Yeah. <laughs> Part of it, you know. So, oh yeah, they just they were just with God before, you know. They haven't spent very long away from the Creator, so they're more open. Yeah. So. No, that's good stuff. So as you went up there, I mean, so you were talking about you went up past this stuff, you went up to this rock. Uh, what other things happened? I mean, how long were you there? Did, is it a long walk or did you were able to drive or how far was it? Well, so you you drive, you park by the dump area. Then you walk through this gate. It takes, a, it's about a mile up to the rock. And then what, if you go on up the mountain, it's harder to get up. Not everybody can make it to the top of the mountain because it's not, it's very rugged. So... Wow. And so what, yeah. how long, uh, so how many people went up there with you? Um, we, we had probably about 15 to 20 the first time. And then we ended up having to go back cause some of the interviews didn't turn out. So we were just there on Saturday doing more filming. Right. That's so in that time, only about probably there was probably 10 of us on that one. So what's your next plans for that? Are you going back up or how long ago was that? Well, so now the actual documentary comes out a week from tomorrow on Rosh Hashanah. Oh wow, that's yeah. great stuff. Uh, what's the link to that? Do you have the what's the what's the website for the? Well, it's going to be it's going to be on our YouTube, oh, and okay. that's at Zion Glory seven six two one. Right. We're gonna, um, yeah. And doing this documentary, this is above my ability. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not like, but I have people that know what they're doing around me, so that's like been a blessing. And, um, uh, 
basically, I just feel like God wants us to get this out. Like he wants us to get out the truth about this mountain. Yeah. I do believe that getting the truth out about this mountain is going to get the truth out about other things that the Smithsonian has hid from people. Have you heard about the mammoth tusks that they've hid? The what? The mammoth and the uh, mammoth tusks, as well as the giant skeletons. Have you heard about all this? Well, I've heard about the skeletons and, yeah. you know, I've, I, I watched the guy that's done a lot of research on that and they've really suppressed all of that. Yeah. Well, there's so, a, there was a guy who was, they said they were dumping in the East river, tons and tons of mammoth, uh, saber tooth tiger, dinosaur tusks and or dinosaur bones and all this other stuff. Uh, along with the fact that Smithsonian went in and actually, uh, erased a lot of the history in the newspapers and other places where it talked about the giants and also the the uh, the bodies of the giants that they've actually hidden from the American public. They know that they have them in inventory, uh, but they won't show us what they are. And so, yeah, well, this... so they they do. The Smithsonian has a lot hidden still, and uh, they stole a lot of the Native American artifacts. They have that hidden, and um, I did, and then the other thing is, if you look at the way that their history, um, it it's basically if you don't toe the line, if you don't go along with what the narrative is, then you you don't really have a job. Yeah, which we've all heard that the last two years in the medical, <laughs> but um, it but yeah, that's been that way in the archaeology too. Like you have to go along with the narrative, right? Well, so, I mean, you're not going to get your archaeology degree if you don't pass um, their archaeology degree tests. And if they want you to take the test according to what they say the history is, then everything you're studying to is actually falsehoods. So how right. would you actually ever know that? And then to say that you spent a hundred grand on an education and four years of your life and your summers in the desert uh, digging up you know, dinosaur bones, and then you suddenly like, oh, everything I've been taught is not accurate, and you start going against the narrative. How are they? How are they going to publish your articles? How are you going to get known? How are you going right. to get financing? Well, you're not because you're not. It's like the whole doctors in the pandemic. I mean, those yes. guys, if they didn't play along, they didn't get paid, and a lot of them were getting fired. Right. And so we forget about that. That you know, money, you know, money talks and bullshit walks. So that's kind of where we're at. You know, like you want your job, well, you better comply. Right. And so, and like, it takes people like an outsider that's uneducated to come in and say, wait a minute, like, this is not, you know, like just have some common sense. Look at this from a common sense, you know? So, well, and that's where I even myself, I mean, I had to go back and rewrite my mental history of things that I understood. And there's still things that I, I mean, I used to, used to use Roundup, like it was like gardening water. You know, I use it on everything. (laughs) I sprayed it on you know, killing the, you know, this or that. And, you know, I got, you know, I was on a job site. I'd, you know, I get it on my hands, never washed my hands off. And now I'm thinking, man, how am I even alive? Uh, So, but I used to sit there and say, oh, it's a herbicide. It won't hurt you. It's, it's, you know, for plants, not for, it doesn't hurt people. And boy, was I playing into their narrative. Uh, And that was stupid of me to say those things, but now I'm having to redo my body, get my body back into sync. And wow, it's just unbelievable to do that. I, it's, but I have to rewrite my mental history of things I said that were stupid, and I now I have to admit those things, which is discernment, which a lot of people don't have. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a big problem. Uh, okay, so on this release of this on your YouTube, is there do do you want uh, are people donating money to this, or is how does this work for you guys? Well, this is what we hope. This is my hope is that, and I so 
God has actually given me a vision for a documentary all across the country to bring out these things that have been hidden and as as far as the um the house of israel things that are artifacts that show the house the house of israel was here mm-hmm. and uh so anyway this is and i i didn't expect to do this documentary but i hope somebody sees it that might help us with the next you know going forward mm-hmm. yeah no, that's, that's awesome. that's my hope yeah. yeah uh so what are you what other projects do you have after this going on or is there anything else that's coming up well, no, this is it. And then, you know, hopefully the next is the full documentary about uh, across the country. But that's, I need to take a break after this one just for a little, you know, for a few months at least. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and that's a, that's a tough, you know, that's tough doing all that editing and all the, the, the research and then doing all the work on that. Um, so, what can we do to help you other than, I guess, uh, spread the message about the documentary and then obviously help out if we can financially? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so we do have a way that they can, um, donate. I haven't asked for any donations at all. I have a hard time asking for help. Mm -hmm. So, um, but they could donate on our website, but, um, basically if they could just get the word out on this one, that would help us a lot. And so so who else do you have working with you on this? Or do you have uh, small groups or community uh, organizers or how'd you, how'd you get all this put together? Well, so uh, ChristianBody.net, they they kind of partnered with us. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Tross is the one that um, he's he, he's had this. He has had a call on this mountain for twenty years. Wow! Like just like we have to tell the truth of this mountain. So he's the one that kind of spearheaded it. Right. So that's great, though. Um, so okay, and then uh, what what else do you have going on for you? Are you going to do any events, or what else is going on for you? Um, just basically that that's it. I I'm getting ready to move back to Kansas here in eight weeks. So that's what I have on my horizon. (laughs) Are you, uh, now which, are you coming back to Wichita or Kansas city? Kansas city. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was up there for the weekend. I lost my phone on Saturday. Uh, Um, and, uh, I am still working off this loner phone, which is, I don't know how people use anything that's this. I mean, oh, anyway, don't even get me started on. I just finally, I lost my phone on Saturday, and just today at uh, 1 o'clock, I was able to purchase the uh, replacement warranty phone, and it'll be here tomorrow. So, and it took me, I was on the phone all day yesterday, on on the phone all day this morning, and then finally got it done. So anyway, just, it has been horrific Uh, to lose. I mean, it should not be that. I've lost phones before. I've had, you know, got replaced a phone before. Boom, it gets here. You, You know, next day fire up your phone, you log into everything, you do the whole da-da-da-da-da, there's a little bit of a lag on some things, but you get it all back up and going, right? Right. This has been since Saturday, and I am just, I am exhausted from it. I am tired. But then I'm going to be in uh, Dallas this weekend, too, so that'll be, I got an event down there with Dr. Artis. I'll be down there for that. So uh, what else What else you got for us? Well, that that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to share. Right. Um Basically, the other thing I could say is uh, when you go up to the top of the mountain, there's all these structures. You can see where the rocks fell. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I, I should have, I'll send it to you after where it's, they're kind of like lookouts up there. It's almost like this was a lookout mountain also. Like, um, And then uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting, and I just learned this on the last time up, but when you look off the east, 
there's a river down down below that's called Pig River, right? Which we thought that was spiritually significant. You know how uh, Jesus put the the uh, demons into the pigs and they went off the cliff. Right. We just thought that was interesting. The the river's called Pig River there, so that's crazy. that was interesting. Well, and that's uh, so. There's a lot of symbolism there. Uh, now, did you say there was a local tribes that were they working with you, or were they a hindrance to the process? We, we did have um, we had Navajo and Acoma Pueblo mm -hmm. that they prayed us into the land oh, before wow. we went. Yeah, we they they welcomed us. Basically, we felt that we needed that before we went up there. And so the one that had the vision, she's she's um, I think she's Navajo and Acoma. Right. Um, and then uh, the other lady that prayed was Navajo. So, and so what? Uh, what part of what? What? Where is this at? What do you mean? What's the? What's the um, nest? Next it, it's in Las Lunas, which is about probably forty minutes south of Albuquerque. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know the area. I actually, yeah. uh, I took a trip, a deadly trip through New Mexico one night, and I'm just kidding. It wasn't deadly. It was just stupid. I got out. <laughs> I got out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I was low on gas, and my GPS was no longer working. My phone was no longer had communication. So I was between um, basically Phoenix and New Mexico, but there was no like uh, I went to I went through Sholo, Arizona, and then I went like on this forty five towards Albuquerque, and oh my gosh! So and that's not the same as saying that, that where that <laughs> where this magic rock is, but I'm just saying I that's my best experience <laughs> I've had with Albuquerque. I, I really. Albuquerque or not Albuquerque, but uh, New Mexico. It's kind of a, there's a lot of nothing out there. So, well, that, yeah, you know, but New Mexico, I don't know what it is, but there's something about New Mexico. Yeah. There's a, I, I go through an energy drain when I go through there. I can feel myself. I don't know what it, I, I don't, I don't want to say I get sleepy, but I definitely get exhausted during, in certain parts of that, especially well, the gallop I, and stuff. I feel like there's been kind of a, a cloud over New Mexico. Like, you know, in their history, they they were denied statehood. I think three times. Mm -hmm. They they rank last on the scholastic, or that you know, there's a lot of statistics. Right. But I I believe that it's the enemy has tried to keep something down in New Mexico. That there's something amazing that God's going to bring out. Wow. So yeah, yeah. You know how the enemy tries to combat the good. So I, I just see that there's, and then the other thing, when we went up to the top, I just see that someday that's all going to be green. Yeah. That whole area is going to be green. Well, I traveled through there as a kid, uh, back and forth on a trailways bus between Wichita and Phoenix. And when I was a kid, I remember how desolate and barren it really was when I, you know, stare out the window. Cause we didn't have, you know, iPads and things to keep us distracted when you're back in the seventies. And I remember going through there, and I don't remember there being that many trees, but now that I've been going back and forth again as an adult, I've noticed a lot of the vegetation is getting bigger. Uh, yeah. The trees are getting bigger. I mean, obviously, the, the trunks of the trees are getting bigger. The bushes, the bushes, the sagebrush are getting bigger. And I just wonder if there wasn't something that did happen there that created a wipeout effect. Uh, maybe the, I always think it would say uh, water comet actually hit where that asteroid impact is in Arizona and caused it to wash away or super, you know, like flash heat or steam uh, and just scour off the land through Arizona, New Mexico, and out through the plains of Kansas, uh, even out to the East Coast. Because I think a lot of that just got wiped off, that just got scrubbed off the land. 
And so I wonder if there was something actually has to do with that impact crater in Arizona. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. That's one I've been floating out there. I haven't really got anybody to push back on it because it's actually kind of, once you think about it, you're going, oh, I could see that. You know, you kind of see where the Rocky Mountains kind of whooshed up on the west and the Sequoia, the big uh, redwoods and all that. They are all, they're all still there because the blast missed them, but then everything went out and hit the Appalachians and that's why the East Coast had what it had. So I, I don't know. It's just a theory well, of mine. It's, it's a working theory. Well, so here's what my thought on, um, because like even Window Rock, it, it I the, some people say that ships used to go there. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's all, but um, so when Christ was crucified on the cross, you know how there was an earthquake in Jerusalem. Right. So I feel like there was this shift in the entire earth, like the entire earth mourned mm-hmm. for three days. And so maybe everything, because, you know, there's whole cities in the ocean, like what happened? I I feel like all over the world, something happened. So that's my theory. (laughs) I don't have anything to back it up, but, you know, I, 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 I completely agree with that. And there's I think there's a lot of things that we once we start putting all these things together and we start actually making more sense of things, I think that it, it will have greater peace in our heart. But right now, I mean, a lot of stuff that we're doing and, and talking about is really you know, we kind of feel you kind of feel like we shouldn't be talking about it, right? We go, Shh, listen here, I've got this theory, you know, and oh wait, I got this thing, and and it's like, why can't I talk boldly? Why can't I just have this conversation? Oh well, that goes against the church. You can't talk about, you know, and oh that goes against the government. You can't, you know, it's like golly, this is ridiculous. Like just like uh, there was just an announcement that went out just a few minutes ago that they uh, the leader of the Proud Boys, who was not even in the state or in the region, was sentenced for twenty two years. And he wasn't even January 6th. He was convicted of January 6th crimes and was never even in the area, not even in the region. And uh, so anyway, so if you talk bad about certain things, you do bad things, well, they teach you a lesson, right? And that's the lesson learned. Uh, and so why, why can't we just openly have these conversations? Why can't we be more bold about it? And it's because they've told us not to. They've, they've taught, us a, taught us a really good lesson. Yeah. Well, so, and I don't know if you... Yeah. So if we have some time, I could share my testimony to yeah. how I got to New Mexico. Let's do it. Yeah. How, how much time do we have? Uh, I got, you got another, you got 10 minutes. You got a full 10 minutes. So okay. go for it. It won't take me very long. So, uh, okay. So I've had this testimony that Native Americans are House of Israel for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And about four years ago, I just, and I would always tell, I call him my spiritual mentor. I would say, you know, I have this testimony. How do I share this? And about four years ago, I just started feeling urgency, like I need to share this. And so anyway, um, it it was 2019. I thought it was 2020. It was actually 2019. I was on a trail in Colorado because we lived there in the summers. And um, God said, go take this message to the women, go to Albuquerque, take this message to the women. So we rented this big house. Um, we we invited women, Native American women, to the had a retreat, and only five came. And that night they got called back to their pueblo. And I was like, "This is not working out." Like God told us to come here, but this is not working out the way I thought. But um, the people that owned the house, their names Manny and Grace. Uh, we were supposed to meet them. So it was like a divine appointment to meet them. And so the next night we had dinner with them and got to know them. Well, then in 2021, and Chadwick was actually at this, we had a get together in um, Arizona for Passover. Mm -hmm. 
and um, we had, I think there was like 24, 28 people. I can't remember, but we had people from seven different States there. And uh, we had Passover dinner the next day. We, uh, we just had like um, class, we kind of like different people shared during the day. And then the last day uh, my husband and I were prophesied over that it was time for us to go forward with what God's called us. So uh, Grace was like, what's next, Lisa? And I said, well, let's go back to the same house, your house and have another retreat. So we, this time we, um, we did it on Pentecost last year. We had 50 women come. Um, the spirit was strong from the time it started. Um, it started on Friday night, Saturday. It was just, we honored 10 different women. The spirit just kept getting stronger throughout the day. And right as and at the end, I, I just stood up front and I said, will you guys pray for us? Cause we want to take this to other States. And one of the ladies, uh, stood up and, uh, she, she, she said, I wasn't expecting to say anything, but the spirit told has telling me to do this. So she comes up front, I'm standing up front and it was right, right at sundown, which would be, would have been the start of Pentecost because the Jewish days start at sundown. So anyway, she starts praying in her native language, um, Dene, which is Navajo. She's Navajo. Mm -hmm. And halfway through the prayer, she grabbed my hands and I just saw a flame come down and light. And then she saw a door open. And, um, and so anyway, on the plane flight home, somebody had recorded her praying and in the background above her at the door is a light. There was an angel there when she, it, we didn't know it until we watched it back. But um, after that, everything, all this other has just kind of exploded in one year. All of this, these things have happened. So that's kind of how it's all started. Oh, that's <laughs> so now that's good stuff. I mean, that's, and this is the stuff that we all should be talking about and normalizing these conversations because we can't, we can't isolate ourselves. I mean, I, I think that the COVID was the greatest lesson of all and how we should treat each other and be with each other. Uh, they told us to stay away from each other. We should draw to each other. They told us not to go to church. We should be in church. They said that the strip clubs and the bars are open. That's probably not where we should be at, right? So, again, I think that there's too many lessons in life that we want to, to push push aside and not really pay attention to the, the value of them, and that's on us, right? So, no, yeah. your, your testimony, everything is absolutely awesome, so I appreciate that. Yeah. So that's kind of, and then, you know, we had an honoring event in, in Austin. I'll go ahead and share this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so at the Galvey event, my mom went into hospice and, uh, so like, and so we had the Gallup event, then we had an honoring event in Austin, which is where we live right now. And, uh, there were 10. So when my mom went into hospice, I was born in Kiowa, Kansas, me and my twin sister. Mm -hmm. And we, my parents had to drive 60 miles because there was no hospital in the town that they lived in Kansas. Kiowa's tiny. It's got like 800 people. But yep. anyway, um, when my mom went to hospice, uh, God was just saying, there's something about Kiowa. There's a message in Kiowa. So I looked up Kiowa. I was like, what does that mean? You know, and all I could find was it was a tribe. So anyway, um, when we had the honoring event in Austin, there was 10 women and one of the women, she sent me her bio. She's from the Kiowa tribe. And whenever we talked on the phone, I said, you know, like I was telling her about my mom and how there was a message in Kiowa. And I said, maybe I, I told her, I said, maybe the message is going to come from you because I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> yeah. So 
anyway, the morning um, that that event was supposed to start, I went and saw my mom and she was sitting in the lobby and I talked to her. We sat in the lobby and talked. And then I had to go over to the event. I knew I wouldn't see her the rest of the weekend. And um, after I left, it was like shortly after she, she went down, she never was lucid again. Um, And I got a text from my sister that day or the next day saying that, you know, how she had taken a turn for the worse. Well, so whenever, um, whenever uh, her name's Rochelle, that's Kiowa, whenever she got up to be honored, instead of talking about herself, she goes, Lisa, I want to honor you. And she's, she gave me a message, you know, about the, the, um, the dog soldiers, how she said, you're a dog soldier. Like they, they would stake themselves into the ground and they would fight until the death. They like, they had a sash. Mm -hmm. So anyway, she started with that. And then she goes, I want to sing this song in my native language. And it was how great thou art. She started singing it. And that's, that was my mom's song. My mom would sing that song everywhere we went and, and, uh, and Rochelle started singing it in her native language. And, um, anyway, and I asked her later, I said, how did you pick that song? And she said that she opened, she didn't know what she was going to sing. She opened her folder and it was just sitting there. Wow. And so any, anyway, my mom passed away three days later and at her funeral, we played Rochelle singing that song we had had her recorded. We played that song at my mom's funeral. And then at the very end of my mom's funeral, we had my mom singing the song. Wow! So it is like just God was speaking through everything. So that's amazing. Well, that's really great that you were doing that. Well, uh, one more time, give us, uh, give us how we can find your, and now, now what date is it going to be released? Did you say what's a week from tomorrow at sundown? Okay. Week from Rosh Hashanah. Tomorrow on Sundown. Yeah. So thir- next Thursday night at Sundown, you'll be releasing on YouTube. Now, what's the YouTube? Where can we find that? Okay. It is uh, Zion Glory 7621. Zion Glory 7621. Yeah. And then it'll be shared to Facebook, which is facebook.com backslash Zion Glory org. Right. Backslash. Now, are you uh, are you releasing it uh, sunset Eastern time or New Mexico time or how are you going to do that? Central. Central? Yeah. Okay, good. I think central time is the best time because I live here and the rest of you guys suck. So stick <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> it's just, I have to constantly going, oh, wait, you're East Coast time. All right. So an hour. And then like, oh, wait, you're Arizona. So, you know, wait, no, you're California. And it's like, oh, gosh, it's just crazy. So anyway, all right. Well, uh, and how can we find you if we have any questions or want to reach out to you? How else do we do that? Um, just Lisa at zionglory.org. Very good. So, all right, Lisa, well, I'm going to get you out of here and I'm going to finish up the show, do a couple of comments, uh, the days going on and things and wrap up everything. So thank you so much for being here. Anything you want to add before we get you out of here? Well, I just want to say this is the first interview and I just really appreciate you helping. This helps us. This is a blessing. So just thank you. Anytime, anytime. That's what I'm here for. I mean, this is, we got to, we have to have better conversations. We can't just keep going back to that old same poison well, the same format that doesn't work. I mean, people aren't getting the answers they need and this is what we need out there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, like I said, Lisa, uh, I'm going to get you out of here and I'm going to close out the show. So thank you for being here. Okay. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Well, what a great interview that was with Lisa. Again, this is one of those things that I just wish that we could have better conversations with and not have to struggle with our personal convictions about what we've been told is superstition and tradition. You know, we, we think about, well, 
you know, why do we do it that way? Well, that's how we always do it. Why don't, why can we change? No, don't ever, don't ever ask. It's like, okay, well, the tradition of it is why we always do it. And the superstition is why we don't question it. And the sad part of this is, is I, I'm, you know, I've, I've experienced a lot of things in life. I've gone through a lot of things that uh, um, I, it would take me, it would take forever to describe the things. And I was, uh, in fact, I was with um, uh, Denise Stops on Monday, and we were having these really great conversations. And uh, she's, you know, her and her husband are great friends of mine. And I've known Ryan, gosh, I've known him now for forever. Uh, it's been it's been almost ten years or more, and. It's been great to be a part of his organization. He's a chiropractor and watching his, you know, his practice grow and different things like that. And um, anyway, when I was, I was talking to his wife about some things, and she's like, you know, well, you went through that? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, one of my, that's one of my easy stories. She's like, your easy stories? Like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, that, that this, I've had this happen. And, like, and she's like, what? So the sad part of it is, guys, is that we I've been through a lot of things and I've experienced a lot of things, and I'm going to tell you right now, the, bad, the worst part of it is is if we just learn how to, the worst part of it is, actually the, the answer to it all is if we actually just start talking to each other, normalizing conversation, and learn how to be good to each other, a lot of these problems that we have with overbearing government, with uh, you know, the trolls online, the different things like that, the censorship, if we actually just bother to be good to each other, all that other stuff goes away because we're we're carrying, creating a parallel economy within ourselves. We're doing it for each other. We're doing it so that we can be amazing. And I don't think that we realize that. I think that if we just fix our heart inside of hearing and quit listening to all this this clanging symbol and the banging gong of things, right? And that goes back to the biblical uh, text: is that you know if you do not have love in your heart, you're nothing but a banging gong or a, a tinkling symbol. You're nothing. You're just you're annoying. You're that little chihuahua, that nervous chihuahua that's been uh, bred to the point where their brains are too small and they can't comprehend the world around them, and all they do is shiver and shake. So, guys, I've yet to meet a chihuahua that is actually not just a bunch of, you know, ball of nerves and an idiot the whole time. So don't defend them to me. Don't go sending me letters and, oh, my chihuahua is the best doggy ever. Well, congratulations. Um, but anyway, just we need to be better for each other. We need to go out of our way to make sure that the world is a better place, and we are the answer Sad part of it is, is we got answers out there that we got to get for ourselves and get our history right and get things going in the right direction. So we're going to work on these things. Things are going to get better, and uh, I want you guys to understand that we win in the end. It's always that way. Don't don't give up. And if you give up and give in, your silence is compliance, and shame on you for that. And you'll have to answer for those those decisions you make long long after you're gone here. So be mindful of those things. Get it right here, so you don't have to come back to the prison planet called Earth. And uh, a lot of you guys know what I mean by that if you guys have followed me long enough. Um, all right, so just real quick, we'll try to wrap up a few of our questions here. Um, aren't we all sick to death of all the uh, suppression of truth by these hideous creatures who mean us harm? Absolutely, John Kennedy, you're correct on that. I am praying for our enemies. I pray that God will do whatever he sees fit with these individuals. Well, the thing is, is that he's going to see fit that they're going to continue to do what they want to do as long as we do not stand up to be the right people. When we learn our lesson, when we learn a lesson, then we suddenly find out that uh, we win. But if we don't know our own power, we don't know where that's derived, then we're going to continue to make the same stupid mistakes over and over again, and that's on us. All right, guys, I um, I am going to be here tomorrow. I will not be uh, doing a show on Friday. Uh, I thought I was going to be speaking in Wellington tomorrow night, uh, but I forgot that I have a Tim Tebow event uh, with ha- um, House of Hope, uh, which is a... A woman trafficking center here in Kansas, and I will be spending the evening at a fundraiser with them. Tim Tebow will speak, be speaking, 
and others. So I'm looking forward to the event tomorrow with Nina, Nina Horton, which is a great fan of here of the Jim Price Show. She's been one of the first adapters. She was on with me back when I was on the radio. She caught me on the radio, and she used to comment way back then. And uh, she was messaging with me today, and I guess I got my wires crossed about which day uh, the House of Hope event was. And so I had to cancel my speaking engagement with Wellington uh, Republican Committee down there, or Republican group. And I do apologize profusely, guys. I usually do not do this. I am this is my, one of my biggest no-nos. Uh, I like to be punctual, and I like to make sure I show up when I say I'm going to. So I'm going to reschedule for next month for them to be able to speak. And it sounds like Glenn is kind of happy because he had a lot of stuff he had to cover uh, this week, uh, the, tomorrow anyway, so he's going to have to cut my time short. So, hey, uh, it all works out for him. It'll work out for me next month, and I'll be going to the House of Hope uh, fundraiser tomorrow. And it should be a good event. Like I said, Nina Horton or Nina Horton, who I've talked about ex- you know, extensively here on the show, uh, was at her birthday uh, a couple weeks ago and also went to a dinner theater with her just prior to that. So she's been a great, great patriot, an awesome woman, has a lot of great writings. People don't realize that Nina Horton or Nina Horton is actually an amazing writer and has a lot of great pieces that she could share with you if you just ask her. All right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. If you guys have any questions or comments for me, remember, just reach out to me, Jim Price, at thejimpriceshow.com. Remember the 10% we do for our neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government. The more you do for them, the less that to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. There will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line, hold fast, and do not give up, do not give in. We will win, I promise. Don't make promises I can't keep, guys. You've always been the answer. Remember, the Constitution limits the government, but never limits you. Understand we are a constitutional republic, that we have public servants, not leaders. Understand that words have meanings. I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys all be good to each other out there, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.